0: listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm Lucy Dickens. Last week's episode was all about pivots. I shared three pivot points that you need to consider. Your positioning, your solutions, and your delivery. And this is to make tweaks to your services and to change the way you operate in response to the new problems and challenges that your clients are facing. In this episode, I'm going to delve deeper into pivoting your solutions, which is the second of those three points. The best way to build a thriving business, crisis or no crisis, is to learn what your clients need and then use that knowledge to design services that they'll pay for. Now, this might mean pivoting your business, or it might just mean small changes to the way that things are already done. So our focus in this episode is on solutions. This is about what you sell, the service you provide that solves your client's problems. How do you design that in a way that means that customers will buy it? Often we think that because we're experts at the law, we understand what our clients need. But in truth, I think we do that to our detriment being experts at the law often means that we just focus on the legal issues, not on the bigger picture. And when we do that, we can miss really valuable insights that help us understand our clients. So today's episode is all about how to get out of our own heads and how to understand the people who we work for so that we can create services that they really, really need and that they're willing to pay for, even during a crisis. Now, let me be clear, this isn't about taking advantage of people. It's about genuinely understanding their needs so that you can offer genuine and useful support. It's about making the most of the situation so that your business thrives in a way that still helps the people who you work for. So let's dive in and look at the three things that will help you to design services that your customers will buy. Number one is know who you help. If you're going to sell services that people need, then you need to know who those people who need them are. Look, the key here is to be specific. If you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. This is about having an ideal client, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before. It's about knowing who they are, what they need, and then building services that meet the needs of that specific person. When people first embark on this ideal client exercise, a lot of people find it challenging. They see a real big variety in the types of people that they already work with, and they don't like to cut people out. They don't like to design services or talk about a specific person to the exclusion of others. It seems counterintuitive, but it really is crucial to be found and to be identified and to differentiate yourself. To help, there are two questions that you can ask that will help you to try and identify and narrow who it is that you're working for. The first question to start with is, what is the problem? I find when I'm working with lawyers that they find this one easier to answer. They know what the problem is that they solve. So that one's usually easier to answer. The second question is, who is experiencing this problem? So brainstorm those questions. What is the problem and who is experiencing it? When I work with coaching clients, we go through several exercises to understand who their ideal client is. It can be really helpful to consider traits. So think about alternatives. Are they tech savvy or low tech? Are they risk averse or risk takers? Have they got more time or have they got more money? Do they want control over what they're doing or do they want convenience? Really dig in and try and get to the bottom of who it is that you're working for and understand what's going on in their world. Identify the problems that they have. What frustrates them? What are their pain points? What is it that they really, really want? What kind of questions do they ask you when they come to you, when they first engage you or when they first contact you before they've even become your clients? And as you start to go through these kinds of exercises, a persona will start to appear, even if you think there might not be one at the beginning. And then you can really start to refine it and work out who it is that you work for and what traits should be within that ideal client persona and who falls outside. So that's the first step. Work out who you help understand who you help and understand who they are and what's going on in their world. Once you've done that, step number two is to get talking. And this is an essential step that often people miss. Once you've identified a group of people and a list of problems that you think they have, the next step is to come up with a hypothesis to validate. So it will look something like this. I believe, type of people, that's your who. Experience, describe the problem. That's the challenge that they're facing because, and the reason for that challenge. And once you've got that hypothesis, your job is to test it. And you do that by talking, talking to your clients, talking to your customers, talking to the perspectives as well, and ask them, get to know them, get to understand them. Remember I said at the beginning that we're good at assuming. And we're good at narrowing our focus to the legal issues. Now is not the time to do that. We need to understand the whole of the problem that these people are facing, not just the legal problem. So we talk to them. And now this will probably be by phone or perhaps by video conference, as opposed to in person, but be genuinely interested. Ask them what's going on in your world. You know, tell me about and list off a few things that are relevant to the parameters of your hypothesis. The real key is to focus on the problems that they want to solve, not on the solutions that you think you have for them. This isn't asking them what they think of this new service that you've come up with. This is asking them about what's going on in their world. We're not trying to pre-sell or to convince them that they want or need what you've got. You're trying to understand what they need so that you can then design your service in response to that. And that is how you create services that people will buy. There's an excellent YouTube clip, which is an extract of a speech given by Clayton Christensen, where he shares a really brilliant example of this. And I'm going to summarize it for you here because it really helps to make the point. So in this clip, Clayton explains about a fast food chain who's trying to increase their sales of milkshakes. They hired researchers to ask customers about their favorite milkshakes and tried to meet those criteria. So this was, I'm assuming, things like changes in flavors or new flavors, that kind of thing. But by doing that, they didn't make any more sales. So next, they took a new approach. This time, the researcher asked the people who bought the milkshake what job they had hired it to do. It sounds like an odd question because we don't really think about buying a milkshake to do a job for us. But in asking that question, they changed the perspective from what they were selling, the milkshakes, to the customer's reason for buying it. And what they discovered in just shifting their focus was that most people who bought the milkshake were about to embark on a commute, usually their journey to work, because most of them bought the milkshakes in the morning. And they wanted to make the commute more interesting. So they're buying this as a boredom filler. They also said that they wanted something that would stave off hunger until lunchtime. And they were in a hurry. They were wearing work clothes and they only had one free hand. So their options were limited. But once the fast food chain were armed with all this information, they were no longer limited to looking at different milkshake flavours. All of a sudden, they could really expand their focus and they were now thinking about different ways that they could reduce the pain of a hungry and bored person who was in a hurry and who only had one hand. And that's a completely different question to the one about how to improve milkshake flavours. There were all sorts of different things they could do. They could sell different items. They could make a drive-through so that people could collect their coffees or their milkshakes. They could have pre-order, all sorts of things. We're not in the business of fast food, so we won't worry too much about brainstorming. But you get the idea that they really changed their focus when they switched from thinking about what it was that they were selling to the reason why people were buying. And it opened up all these new opportunities for them. And that's what I want you to do with this talk to your clients, listen for insights into how they make decisions, what motivates them, what are their pain points, what are they frustrated with, you're looking for areas that you can help, what constraints that are holding them back. And as you start to talk to these people, patterns will start to emerge and you'll be able to validate or invalidate your hypothesis. And you will begin to have ideas for new ways that you can solve them with the problems that they have now. And like I said before, solving problems that they have now is exactly how you get people to buy, even in a crisis, because you're offering value. You're offering a valuable solution. You're solving a problem. Before the corona crisis, I wrote a new free ebook, How to Make Your Law Firm Survive and Thrive. It's full of 80 practical tips that you can implement in your business now to firm your foundation's Sort your strategy and optimize your operations. No doubt business development is high on your agenda. And if it's not, it should be. So get your copy at lucydickens.com.au forward slash thrive. And then we have step number three, which is to embrace the MVP. MVP is a minimum viable product or a minimum viable service. MVP is a concept that's best known for its use in lean methodology. Eric Vries, author of The Lean Startup, defined the MVP as a version of a new product which allows a team to collect the maximum amount of validated learning about customers with the least amount of effort. So the idea is to understand your client's interest in the product or the service without fully developing it. Now, to be clear, this isn't about offering less functionality or offering a poor quality service. It's about doing the least amount of work to get the most valuable feedback. It's the logical next step. After speaking to your clients to validate your hypothesis, it's about putting that plan into action. So, what might an MVP look like? Well, it might mean advertising a service, but not yet having the template or the precedent or the process to deliver it. It might mean having an online service that's actually something that you complete by hand, manually, behind the scenes. It might look like a brochure or a landing page or an email to your mailing list without actually building out any of the infrastructure that goes around it. It might look like a topic or a description for training or a headline for a keynote without actually preparing the speech or any of the materials. I have several MVPs advertised across businesses that I'm involved in right now. And as a customer, you'd have no idea because we still deliver an excellent and high quality service It's just that I'm not going to spend time and money creating things like clever online forms that integrate seamlessly with my practice management software until I know that enough people are going to buy a service. You get the idea. So as well as gathering feedback, an MVP lets you save money in the development phase and really helps to keep your focus on what it is that your clients want you're much more agile and able to adapt to the feedback that you get and to just scrap an idea completely if it turns out that nobody wants to buy it and you've got it wrong. But as you do receive feedback, you can refine your MVP and eventually you can build it out in full. And when you get to this point, you'll have tested your service and you'll know it will be a success. Of course, it's important not to get complacent. For example, if your service is one that's designed specifically in response to a challenge that your clients are facing with coronavirus, at some point, they won't be facing that challenge anymore. And so you'll need to then adapt and pivot so that your services are now relevant for the new challenges that they're facing. This is always a cycle. And it's really important to continue those conversations with people about what their problems are, what their challenges are, and really always be on the ball in terms of thinking about how you can adapt to solve those problems. So those three key messages for designing solutions and pivoting your solutions to create services that your clients will buy now are number one, know who you help. Number two, talk to the people who you help to really understand them. Don't assume. And number three, embrace the idea of an MVP. My challenge to you is to get your team involved in thinking about the future of the business and the needs of your clients. These things are always much more fun and much more useful when they're done as a team as opposed to just one person thinking of their ideas. So work out your hypothesis, talk to people and see if you can come up with an MVP that solves a problem that your clients have right now. These strategies all apply to business as usual, as they do to responding to a crisis. The only difference is that it's arguable we're a bit more time sensitive here. So move fast. The best way to create a thriving business, crisis or no crisis, is to learn what your clients need and then use that knowledge to design services that they will pay for. Remember, if you want some one-on-one guidance with your business strategy, get in touch. I'd love to help. You can find out more about what I offer at lucydickens.com.au forward slash coach. See you next week. Thanks again for tuning in to Doing Law Differently. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love you to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find out about the show and I love hearing what you think. Otherwise, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, send me a message and let me know. You can find all the past episodes at doinglawdifferently.com.au.